Welcome to the Gamers Over 50 podcast, episode two, PAX West, one of two episodes for this one, because PAX is huge, and the first part of PAX, we want to explain what PAX is. Second one, I've got some awesome audio, some interviews that uh, I did with folks who responded to my Gamers Over 50 placard I put on. Um, So let's talk about what PAX is first. So PAX, P-A-X, is actually the acronym for the Penny Arcade Expo. This was originally created back in 2004 by Jerry Holkins and Mike, Mike, and I screw up Mike's name on him, Mike Krahulik. So I probably screwed that up. I apologize, Mike. Gosh, I apologize. But they were the authors of the Penny Arcade webcomic. If you haven't ever taken a chance on it, take a look at it. Pretty cool. You actually enjoy it. It's very, uh, it's very funny from a gamer's perspective. And they really wanted a show that was only gaming, right? We have Comic Cons, we have you know Dungeon Cons, you know, you basically have all these cons, but none of them are built around gaming only. Well, PAX did. So back in 2004, you know, they we really wanted something that covered the game culture too. Not just a whole bunch of people getting together playing consoles and cabinets and games and board games and stuff, but understanding the comic side of it, the anime, all the other hobbies that are attached to it. Some of them, you know, the nerdy hobbies that are attached to it. I have painted a, uh, a diecast figure once or twice in my life, maybe a lot more than once or twice, um, and, you know, drawn out a dungeon once or twice. But all those pieces, those hobbies, those parts of gaming all brought together in kind of one space all of it where everybody can come and see. So maybe, you know, the the cool thing I like about PAX, and I'll get deeper into this, but you can go and watch a magic tournament. If you've never watched a magic tournament, you got to see one. You can go play console cabinets and watch people like me who are reliving their youth. And then you can watch people or kids who are uh, just seeing it for the first time and never, and had no understanding that this is, you know, kind of all we had. So, you know, it's just everything together. So PAX really started, and the coolest thing for PAX when it started was 1,300 people, over 1,337 exactly, pre-registered for the first event. So when you get 1,337 people together for a first event on a pre-register, you kind of know something's going to happen, and it's going to become huge, or it's going to become special. It's become huge. So really, at that point, they started out in what's called the Maiden Bar in Seattle, and PAX started out in the Seattle area. And it basically, what they said is doubled until it's hit the capacity of the venues. And I will tell you, I have been to PAXs and they get bigger. I don't know how. They get more space, obviously, because in this last year, they've moved to some hotels, uh, spaces and conference rooms outside of just the convention center where they're at. Um, So, you know, when they really got to the point where they're hitting those capacities, at this point, the guys, uh, you know, Jerry and Mike connected with Reed exhibitions and started bringing packs to other cities because really having one packs and everybody waiting to go to it was difficult. So what they've done is they brought it to Boston, San Antonio and Melbourne, Australia, as well as some packs powered events. And then they have other things like packs dev. Um, and I'll, I'll talk about those in a second. Again. But one of the coolest things about packs is that while you can play, you know, the original Xbox, or you can go out, not the original, the first one, but like you can go out and get an Xbox and play original games on the Xboxes in a console free play. You can also go and play, you know, like I said, the cabinet games, but you can see the newest stuff. 
So when, you know, VR started hitting in, virtual reality, so Oculus, all those free play, those guys, you could actually come in and join it. And the other amazing thing about PAX is it promotes a high level of diversity, including a diversity lounge. Gaming is not about who you are as a person, what you physically look like, who you believe in, everything across that, your belief systems. It's about playing games, having a good time, building some camaraderie, and really enjoying it. So, you know, having the diversity to go into it. And then again, like I said, building up these huge game libraries. So if you want to go play original Halo, you can play original Halo. You can even play original Mario at one of these. Now you're probably not playing on an original Nintendo at that point, but you are out there doing that. The other kind of great thing that have come back, come back from the 2004 and it's making everything happen is that it's staying very simple and the similar style. So the roots, like how everything comes back from 2004. I wasn't in 2004. I actually went to a a later one. I've got to explain about that. But it really the same things. It's expanded. It's gotten bigger. But their similarities are all across the board. And I can tell you this. I've been to a lot of PAXs in the last 10 years. Very so. Uh, One of the cool things that I I really enjoy and I haven't been involved in is called the Omegathon. Now, I'm going to explain the Omegathon in a minute. And then the other really interesting thing is the Enforcers. So when you have volunteers that run an event, or I think they get paid now, but I think they're the volunteers when I've known them, um, wear pack shirts, they're blue, and then they dress however they want to. Huge amount of diversity, very cool. Um, you're definitely gonna see a sorting hat or two. You are definitely gonna see some colored hair. And you know, it's just, you're gonna definitely notice that these people take their style as long as they're enforcer and love of gaming to that level as well. So one very big thing that they're hoping to do is provide, you know, the, the coolest thing about gaming is they're trying to provide a space for gamers of every discipline to celebrate all games and surrounding culture, no matter what your preferred genre or platinum. If you love games, they're hoping you find it at PAX. So amazing. It's kind of hoping I feel like the same thing and I want to change it. If you love games and you're over 50 or even if you're under 50 and you, anybody under can listen to this. I hope you kind of listen to our podcast and pick some stuff up. So here's where is PAX. So a lot of people know the who, what, where, why, when, maybe. We've given you the why. We haven't talked about the when. We've talked how. But there's PAX West here in Seattle. There's PAX East in Boston. There's PAX South in San Antonio. There's PAX Aus, Australia, in Melbourne. PAX Unplugged, which is very cool, uh, is in Philadelphia. PAX Dev, which is actually starts before PAX West out here in Seattle. And again, they have had some PAX powered events, some places like, you know, Paris. So some of the things that you can do at PAX, because I've talked about like what it is. So I talked about free play. That's broken into console, classic consoles, handheld, PC, VR, tabletop, card games. You got dice. You can play back dungeon games. Um, I'm going to talk about something called True Dungeon here in a second as well. And it's just every kind of gaming system. And if you need new dice, you can get new dice. But you can actually go borrow a game, take it out, play it. Additionally, you have tournaments, console, tabletop. So basically, uh, these are hosted by their vendors that they you know run. So you may have, uh, if you've ever seen like esports on TV, you're going to see stuff like that. You're going to see, like I said, you got to watch a Magic the Gathering tournament. You got to watch it once. 
Uh, they're going to have console tournaments where, let's say, you're really good at Kirby. You can play Kirby and become the best or Mortal Kombat, something like that. Additionally, they have your BYOC, bring your own computer. So you can bring your own computer and bring it to a LAN party. Now, for those who don't understand what a LAN party is, uh, prior to the internet, before we had internet, everybody had Wi-Fi and everything like that, what people would do is they'd bring their computers over to somebody's house or we'd bring them all into work on a Friday evening when nobody was there, put a switch in the middle of the room, everybody plugged in, and we all played a game together. And this was a LAN party, and people would bring food and drinks for hours to play. So you can do the bring your own computer. Um, some of my favorite things, panels, panels on everything. You like a game? They probably had a panel on it this year. You like a type of game? You want to create a game. Panels. Uh, talks. Now, what's the difference between a panel and a talk? Panel is when you have people up in the front. A talk is when somebody's talking to you and telling you things. So I've been to both of those this year. As well as signings. People who sign games. Like maybe you want to find someone who has created a game genre for you. Let's assume if, say, Gary Gygax was here today, I bet you Gary every so often would show up at PAX and start signing some stuff. And that would be super awesome. But there are a lot of people who sign uh, concerts. I bet you guys didn't know this, but there are people who actually play the video game music pretty heavily. And there are bands that play only video game music, and they play it straight from K-pop to regular U.S. pop, country. I have seen a really good country video game band. As well as you're going to see folks that get into death metal, techno, the whole deal. It goes across the board. Uh, I already kind of talked about this, but the esports tournaments, PAX Arena. I actually got to watch a pretty spirited League of Legends game a few years ago. If you don't know what League of Legends is, we are going to talk about that in a future topic. But it is a uh, it is pretty interesting, and people get serious about these games. So, and then I talked about the Omegathon. The Omegathon to me is something that I wish I could get involved in. I uh, I do not get invited every year, but the Omegathon is when they randomly select attendees and you compete in different games on each day in different brackets for a grand prize. Now, some of that could be a trip to a different PAX. It could, I've seen a Japan trip. I've seen game merchandise, the whole thing. But the coolest thing is it's almost like a video board kind of game survivor and or I should say video and tabletop survivor of the fittest who is the best at a set of games. And, you know, it goes from doodle bop all the way up again, like I said, to like Mortal Kombat. So the Omegathon is so cool because they have pictures of the people, they have their gamer tags, and when they lose, they cross them out. So uh, it's very, very kind of cool. It reminds me of the running man kind of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger thing. Now, I haven't even talked about really any games, but except yeah. Uh, Exhibition halls or rooms or hallways, spaces, the entire, and this is the Seattle Convention Center, is taken over, including across the street. A couple hotels I've already talked where they have tons of game studios, where game studios sell their merchandise. In fact, the Destiny 2 people over at, uh, had a line that I'm just still blown away that like people stood in line for like two to three hours to buy stuff. Blew my mind. Very, very crazy. And then, of course, my one of my favorite booths to go to, the Indie Mega Booth. Indie Games, huge deal. These are the folks who do not have a giant studio behind them. There is no Microsoft or Google or Bungie behind them. They're folks that work together, spend their own money and time, develop cool new games. 
we're going to actually talk about one in the game reviews. And then finally, pinning. Not a big pinning person, but if you like pins, you like to put pins on your lanyards, or you like to get cool pins, there are pins everywhere. Now, that's what you can do at a PAX. How do I get to a PAX? How do I get the ticket? It is a very tough ticket, my friends, because you have about six hours before it sells out. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I bet you it's about an hour to two over the next few years because gaming is getting huge. Now, you can buy tickets on the market. Uh, they actually have a, a built their own market for buying tickets after they are all sold. You know, buyer beware is always got to focus on that. There are folks standing outside of the entire convention center and go a direction, north, south, east, west, and all the degree is in between, selling badges all day long. It's like going to a national championship sporting event or anything. You never really see this like with the symphony where people are like, you know, standing out there in tuxedos selling badges. But think of anything like that. And they're selling these. Um, really awesome if you get even a Monday badge because this goes from a uh, Thursday or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. PAX Dev is on uh, the West Coast, so we get a little longer of PAX. Uh, but it's fan it's crazy. So, you know, know when they're going to go on sale, be all ready, and then get in there and buy them. Uh, all right. So tough ticket. Now, the why. Why do you want to go to PAX? And these are my whys. I am sure there are a ton more whys out there. Games, games, more games. Did I mention there are games at PAX? I think I did. Um, almost every major studio is there. New releases, some, some studios without new releases are there every year. They show up and they're almost not exactly in the same place, which is really kind of cool. Um, the types of games, card, board games, PC, console, handheld, phone. And now, and there was something there that was so cool. It was almost a, uh, escape room meets D and D game meets cooperative get out called true dungeon uh amazing thing in fact i'd like to do a whole show on true dungeon but i'd like to go through it i did the demo this year really awesome stuff cosplayers you will see a gaggle of master chiefs or whatever a large group of master chiefs i guess it's a unit of master chiefs there you'll see princesses of every type you'll see people in horror makeup you'll see people see people in mainly games to the point where i had to ask people what game are you from and they were tell me, oh, I'm from Final Fantasy. And I'm like, I really need to play Final Fantasy one day. So uh, if Final Fantasy is listening, can you give me a, a hookup and maybe get me the, you know, get a copy of Final Fantasy? I'm just kidding. I know where I can go get one. Uh, the panels. Ever wonder about game theory, bringing out characters to life, uh, parenting and conventions this is crazy because there was an actual parenting i sat through about 15 minutes ago and i'm like all right my kids are okay uh secrets to cosplay accessible gaming right you know how do people who maybe don't have all the advantages to gaming game and it's crazy folks there are so many abilities for folks to get into some games, get into more gaming nowadays. It's amazing, amazing, amazing stuff. I have to give a huge kudos to Microsoft because they're spending some serious energy on this. Uh, super awesome stuff. Or how do you turn your passion into a game? Or how do you turn your passion of wanting to be in the gaming industry or your story into a game? Really awesome stuff. A couple of other things. I like hanging out with my old friends. I like walking around. I just like seeing everything. I love playing the cabinets or the older consoles of my friends and then sitting down and discussing something. 
Uh, this year, because we've been in the market for a Switch, I decided to walk around uh, uh, the Nintendo area with my friend Wayne. We've got our, our obligatory PAX photo together. So when they take your photo in front of a bunch of props, we did some of that. Uh, it, but it is interesting to discuss, like, why is this game good? Why did we like this game? And it's so cool. And then the experts. So if you ever had everybody who's been treated or is being treated and the doctors and the nurses and the subject matter experts, like in the Mayo Clinic all together at once, that's PAX. But PAX has all your gaming developers, the expert gamers, everybody who's been involved in the gaming industry. It is so interesting to talk to someone because they actually work on the game when they're in their booth. They do not hire some pretty people to run this stuff. They sit in the booth. They help you. They are proud to show you their game. It is exciting. And then finally, I said it before, indie games. The indie game section is so awesome. In fact, I wish they'd triple the size of it so we can bring as many indie games in as possible. But they have no big studios. It is just two or three people who decided to build a game or a person that built a game and have a huge passion for the entire gaming industry and building their own game. All right. Lastly, how did I learn about PAX? Well, back in 2007, I visited Seattle to meet a friend, and she shared that another friend of ours who played games with us wanted us to stop by PAX to get a print for them. Now, it was a Murloc from the World of Warcraft. So all my WoW friends out there, yep, they, the first thing I ever saw or bought at PAX was a Murloc from World of Warcraft, which is a Murloc as a character in that. Um, you just literally walked right in back in 2007 because it was kind of the last day and we could get right in and the event was almost done. Uh, two years later, I moved to Seattle and I went to the next PAX with some friends that I had met in the region playing games and just talking to. And it was insane how cool it was. I had never seen something this big, never seen something with so many games, people playing, just and it's a very cool crowd that you can just walk up and say, hey, what's this going on in this game? Or you stand in line to play a game. Everybody's really nice. There's no pushing, no shoving. Easy going through. So, you know, really, it's just one of those things of walking around, playing, exploring. It's got me hooked. I love going every year. It's actually kind of a, a personal holiday for me. So it, it is over uh, Labor Day, which is awesome, too. And really, I'm hoping to take, you know, next year and let's talk about gaming for people over 50 and how we can influence, enjoy and help shape the future of gaming. So that's our PAX one. I'm going to have a second one because I talked to people at PAX and I recorded it. And almost every single recording was good, except for the one I put my thumb over. And I apologize to that person. I may put that one in there, too. However, I want to start something that we're going to do every time on this. Uh, podcast is I want to talk about some some game reviews, but these are special because these came from PAX. The first game is called Cake Bash. Now, it is a cake ba bashing game where cakes bash each other, but it's okay because they're inanimate and we just control it. Anywho, the type of game, it's a console and PC game, and it definitely has a party game element to it. It has so many levels. It's just it's kind of adorable. It's cute. The little pieces of cake or a donut or a cupcake are just vicious to each other as they try to win. So really, it's a four-player game where you fight to be the tastiest cake is what, what they say on their site. And you battle through multiple game modes and arenas, each with very unique hazards. And there could be hazards like a pigeon or a crab or I don't want to ruin it for everybody. 
Um, but you do collect loads of sweeps. So sometimes you'll roll around in them and connect, hold on to them onto the character or the uh, the characters, you know, self. So like if you're a, a cupcake, they're all over here, or if you're a brownie. And then you bash other cakes with weapons to get those off of them, or you knock them out, or you you know dizzy them so you can put something into a bowl. Um, you basically hit them with some not so tasty things. In fact, I think when the pigeons went on it, they do a pigeon poop on it. It's gross, but um, again, gross, avoid the gross sauce. And you really want to become the tastiest cake. Uh, I wanted to play this game so bad with my friends when we were we were showing up on Saturday and Sunday. I made them go over to the indie booth, which is something that, you know, I saw this game. I wanted to play it really a lot of fun. I played with some folks who are from the UK and it was just crazy because we're just trying, everybody's trying to play. And we came back, we played it a couple of times. It takes about two to three minutes to play a game, short game. But again, it's fun. You switch out characters, stuff like that. Um, Again, this was my favorite indie game of packs. There were four or five that really sat up on that level, but this one I really enjoyed because the concept of having desserts and treats, fighting it out is definitely family. You know, you can have an eclair, beat up a cupcake, and your kids aren't going to start going crazy with each other. And it was one where you try to get can- my favorite part of it is where you get the candies all over the dessert. Whoever has the most wins wins. And I have to say, my favorite dessert to play was the cupcake. I am very, I uh, do love me a vanilla cupcake with some strawberry frosting on it. And they had one, but the eclair was pretty cool too. So that was Cake Bash. Really good game. Uh, look for it. It's going to be on consoles, PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and on the PC. All right. Switching complete gears on games. The second game that I really thought stood out, and I'm sure this has been around for a while because it has been around for a while. Um, we just never noticed it. And so we were. I was looking through the PAX book. I have a friend who works in the game industry, and she was doing an interview. And I'm like, all right, I'll just finally read the book today. Usually I take it home the first night. Uh, but went through it, found this game called True Dungeon. Now, if you're at any of the PAX, I think it's South or West, and there's a couple of other cons, and you can just go search True Dungeon, Google, Bing it, whatever. Um, but go look at it. It is... And I'm going to read their description because I can't give it justice to what they said. Um, First, it was founded in 2003. So this has been around for 16 years and I just found it. So this is like, uh, you know, Settlers of Catan for me about six, seven years ago. (laughs) Didn't know about it. Had no idea. I've been playing a lot of other board games. Um, But it is on that level. True Dungeon is a life-size immersive role-playing experience played in a walkthrough dungeon environment. They actually make it look like a walkthrough dungeon. And I don't want to spoil it for you, but the walls look like stone or brick. Very cool. Uh, It combines elements of escape rooms, haunted houses, and its rules are very very loosely based on the third edition of D&D, Dungeons and Dragons. And the cool thing about it is we did a demo. And on the demo, you get one to two of their chips, and they have a whole you know, chip market where you can buy chips out there. And I'm talking about chips like poker chips. I you might've heard me make the noise in the back, there we go. but they have these chips and they fit in as weapons or armor and you get to pick a class. I got to be a paladin. I'm always loving being the paladin. Uh, I read way too many King Arthur books as a child, uh, but you know, it is a, just a fantastic thing. So basically you come in, And you test your gaming skills in an adventure where you battle monsters. You have to solve puzzles. I don't want to give too much over it because you really have to see this. But when I say puzzles, 
one of the coolest puzzles we did in the demo I've seen in a while. And it was a cooperative puzzle. We all had to work together. And then you have to understand mental and physical tests of skill. Now, this doesn't mean you're picking up boxes and stacking them. You have a way, well, I can explain the battling, is if you've ever seen shuffleboard, take a shuffleboard, uh, the, the kind at the bar, not the kind at the park, not the giant one, but the one where you roll little shuffles and you you basically have a character you're going to attack. There's a picture, it has numbers uh, on the limbs or you know the chest is higher, obviously, or head is a big hit. And you roll your shuffle out there and everybody in the party does it, whoever has biggest hit you take out points of this person you're able to do spells to protect healing spells you can make the chances of hitting higher where maybe you throw two items all that is put to play put together so that's really the physical side the mental side is you have to answer and figure out some puzzles it's very much like D, except for you're not sitting around rolling dice you are moving from room to room through a dungeon and the uh, animatronics they have super cool I mean, like I said, we went through the demo. The demo alone was 30 minutes. It was fantastic. Um, so really, all of these pieces come together and give you what they call the true dungeon experience, which is absolutely unique in, in this industry because it's, like I said, it's an escape room. It's all this together, and it travels. And they have volunteers that will come in. And depending on the level of volunteer, you may get a free hotel. You may have you know, your packs pass, you may get money to get paid for it. Talking to the, the volunteers, very cool thing if you can do it in your city. Um, and, and really just an awesome thing. Now, it takes about two hours to play. Um, it is plus $20. So I say plus $20 because it could be, it's going to be more. Um, I think it is below 100 but you, for, for, I would pay $100 for this. I really would. It was fantastic. Um, I love the concept. The demo was fantastic. We got to go through, you know, it should be something that we have here in the Seattle area and it would be so much fun. I could just see kids birthday parties as, you know, this is something that connects teenagers together. This is a great team building exercise. Really age range around this is probably 13 plus kind of dark, not dark from the, you know, dark and evil, but dark from the, you're sitting in the dark a lot with lights and things like that. Um, but again, very cooperative and awesome. So that was True Dungeon. The third game is going back. So we've talked about a kind of a console fun family game. We've talked about kind of a D&D game now. The third one, and I played this one, and I, I, I'm i not a fan of, you know, shooting games or, you know, first person or third person shooters, really. But this one was actually kind of fun. It's called Control. But it's not just a third person shooter. It's an action adventure game. It was released on August 20th, 20, sorry, 27th. In 2019, just so, you know, about a month ago, a little bit over. And from what I'm going to give you kind of the Remedy Games is the, uh, the studio that's brought, up, brought control to us. And here's what they say about it. After a secretive agency in New York is invaded by an otherworldly threat, you become the new director struggling to regain control. From developer Remedy Entertainment, this supernatural third-person action adventure which is probably how it sucked me in because it's supernatural and I love that stuff, uh, will challenge you to master the combination of supernatural abilities, modifiable loadouts, and reactive environments while fighting through a deep and unpredictable world. I played this game for 30 minutes. I probably made it through one building of 
I hope closer to 100. It's probably not 100, or if it is, awesome remedy. But it was huge. And I actually got, a, I got kind of, I understood how to take control of control. Um, because one of my supernatural abilities I got was I was able to take something and telekinetically throw it at other beings while you don't, I didn't even need to shoot really near the end. I was just throwing like pieces of concrete out of the ground. Um, like I said, I played this for 30 minutes. It was really good. Uh, the folks at Remedy did a heck of a job on this. It is very lifelike. It is pretty I don't want to ruin this, but you actually can step into other spaces that do not look like your normal warehouse or office building and things like that. And you're kind of working through a pattern and you have to gain, again, control. Really smart idea. I think there's a lot of time to play this. I apologize. I forgot to tell you. Uh, I think it is console and PC. I didn't even look at that. I apologize. Um, but, you know, it, like this is way above a shooting game. So really my thoughts are, this is not just shooting. This is not just an adventure game. Gives you the ability to do both. Really interesting story. It engaged me, brought me into the game, made me think about it a little bit. And, you know, without, like I said, I would be prepared to play this for a while. I actually may pick this game up and play it uh, just because it was very interesting to see the concept as you're going. Uh, my two cents is this is not just a mouse or a keyboard or a controller game. I thought this was much more a mouse and a keyboard game because I could do way more damage and I could do much more doing the game and really enjoyed, you know, the gameplay. So check out Control. It's from Remedy. And again, we're going to be doing this. Uh, every podcast I like to get to do four. I'm working on a friend of mine to help me do this because he has a huge amount of game knowledge as well. Um, but we're going to be bringing, you know, the topics on here. So if there is a game you want to see, hit us up on Twitter. I'm working on getting the website pushed out. I have our email address and stuff attached to it. But, you know, we're never, we're not going to be going over kind of a, a console or a PC game and a D&D game next week. We'll probably be going over something like a card, a board, or a handheld phone game for sure. Definitely going to switch it up so that it's not, you know, all console and all PC or all board game, it's going to be switched up. So uh, look for the second of the second edition where we're going to talk about some interviews. And I'm just going to give you some insights on some amazing people that I met at PAX. And I asked them four questions. So I'm going to leave you with that. And I hope you have a great time and enjoy games.